0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believe. This episode brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Available in the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code FINADIX when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone but now something stirring that will change this place forever Perfectville.
1: welcome to perfectville your first place podcast for your third place miami dolphins i am sam marcu and he is the two-time yes two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about my brother from another mother, Mr. Christopher Colin Chris, how in the hell are you, my friend?
2: Well, what better time to crack open a victory beer than right here with you, my friend. Yes, I'm doing well. We uh, have a win on the board. We played well on national TV on the
1: road, Sam. Yes, yes. So um, I do, I'm doing better than well. I think we're both doing better than well, and here's why. Not only did the Miami Dolphins wax that ass on the Jacksonville Jaguars last Thursday, which we're going to talk all about and then some, but there's some other things going on in the world of sports, Chris, that are affecting you and I in a positive way for the first time in fucking ever. Uh, Let's just see here. The Miami Marlins, for the first time since 2003, are in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Congratulations to you and your Marlins. Thank you, sir. Yeah. It's been since uh, 2003. I was 16 years old. Wow. I was, I think, 52. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the Los Angeles Dodgers, my baseball team, are in the playoffs again. And not only are they in the playoffs again, they have the top seed in all of baseball because they killed everybody during this condensed COVID regular season. So the Dodgers are in the playoffs. The Marlins are in the playoffs. And then let's just talk about basketball for one minute, Chris, Ooh. because you are, if I'm not mistaken, a huge Miami Heat fan. Are you not? Oh, absolutely. Two minutes. Dos minutos. I don't know what that means. That's probably a reference for Miami Heat fans everywhere. I like an actual basketball team called the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Los Angeles Lakers, with LeBron James, who's been a Laker, I think, for about 25 years straight now, if I'm not mistaken, never played for any other franchise in the history of the NBA other than my beloved Lakers, are in the NBA Finals against your dirty, disgusting Miami Heat, Dwayne Waits. Wow. Wow, the Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know,
2: I'm. I wouldn't mind that. I think Spolstra and uh, the Godfather, Pat Riley, wouldn't mind that. This has been an amazing playoff run for my Miami Heat. Uh, the first five seed ever, I think, in the finals. Um, completely swept the Pacers. Uh, Made the Bucks, who had a better overall seed than your stinky Lakers, by the way, uh, look horrible, 4-1, to one, uh, with MVP just going home in, in, in flames. And then we uh, beat a very tough Boston Celtics team, and we're coming for the LA Lakers, and it's going to be a fun one because you like the Lakers, and I like the heat, and we host a show together. So we have so many different things going on, it's unbelievable. And by the way, the Marlins won today, game one against the Cubs, convincingly 5-1. to
1: one. Well, good. They always beat the Cubs in that situation, do they not? I mean, the Cubs always somehow blow it against the Miami. Oh, my God. So, Sam, I know we're, we're expecting a short show, but really, this is amazing. 2003 playoffs,
2: we are down. They have to win one of two games, game six, game seven. Okay. Uh, Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood are game six and game seven pitchers uh, out of respect out of 162 games. Obviously they don't play every game. The Cubs um, did not lose back to back when Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood pitched back to back during the regular season, 162 games, obviously every five games. Um, Never lost. So, even if they lost game six, whatever's in the bag. Bartman, game six. Game seven. Kerry Wood hits a home run. He hit a home run. Uh, The place is going crazy. Fans are throwing beer in the air. They had a huge lead. Marlins come back again and win in Wrigley. uh, Game seven, win the game. Uh, There's this image of an old lady (laughs) saying... it's so sad because you know at this point they hadn't won yet so it's been since you know 1908 or whatever they haven't won this old lady i don't know what happened if they got in a fight they got kicked out is sitting in a wheelchair and she's wearing a cubby's hat and like you know she has a harry Carey sticker or bandana or whatever and she's just like <laughs> sobbing as we run onto the quietest field in history and all you hear is whoa from like Derek lee and pudge and joshua uh, josh beckett they're all running out screaming and all these fans are just like sad and this lady is like sobbing in a wheelchair probably 95 years old never seen him win a championship could you imagine
1: never seeing your team well Well, let's not go there. Look, we got a lot of positive momentum now, right now, Chris. Don't bring up the bad stuff. This is the week that we get to celebrate because let's just forget about the NBA Finals. The reason why you and I are recording this right now is, A, it's right before game one because we're going to hate each other for the next six to seven (laughs) games between the NBA, uh, Miami Heat and LA Lakers. But also, this happens to be National Podcast Day. I don't know if you know that, but this is like our actual holiday here. And since we are the godfathers, the podfathers of Miami Dolphins podcasts everywhere, it's only appropriate that you and I, Chris Collins, Sam Marcoux, would be broadcasting, podcasting, recording right now, talking about the Miami Dolphins, whooping that ass of that stupid Gardner Minshew and the rest of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's take a trip back to last Thursday, Chris. The Miami Dolphins win 31-13, to and guess what? I've said this now three weeks in a row. It wasn't even that close. We actually just took the second half off for the most part of this game. the reverse score. The Miami Dolphins kill their in-state rival, Jacksonville Jaguars. Tell me how you felt in the moment. How do you feel about the team right now? We needed it, Sam. We needed that so bad. It was one of those things where you
2: have a good draft, you have a good offseason, we're excited, boom, you start 0-2. Um, COVID going on, everything like that. We needed a national TV game where all eyes were on us. Everyone picked the Jaguars to win, and we needed that fest, festival of winning because it started from the first drive where we that we kicked off we held him to a punt we drove down and scored i mean like a long even my wife uh, mentioned she's like wow that was a great drive like eight minutes off the clock not a field goal i mentioned it on the show last week we need to get in the end zone we did and it just felt like we we're in control of the entire game and man we're not used to that feeling uh but it was a good one i loved it sam how about you
1: I think it was the best first half the Miami Dolphins have had in a very long time. They scored on their first three opening possessions to put up 21 points against Jacksonville. And granted, Jacksonville is the youngest team in the league. We're number two, though. So it's like they're pretty close in terms of the amount of years played in the NFL. But you can see a marked difference between where Jacksonville is and where Miami is. We're just a better team talent-wise. We had a better game plan, and we executed that game plan across many, many facets, especially in particular on offense. But watching this team, seeing the Miami Dolphins go down and score 21 straight points, three possessions, three touchdowns was unbelievable. I can't remember the last time that we did that, quite frankly. And after that, we are actually able to ease up and just kind of coast through the rest of the game, make sure we didn't have any major injuries because Jacksonville was inept. Now, part of this, the reason why it was so bad is that Jacksonville had some injuries. Jacksonville missed some plays that were out there. But guess what? We kind of just stopped the second half, Chris. If we really wanted to, I think we would have dropped 45 on them. I mean, we were that much better than them that game. And really, all we had to prove was the first half. And then, of course, the second half was eh. And then after that, of course, the main event, Ryan Fitzpatrick being interviewed on national TV (laughs) in Miami Dolphins gray sweatpants and a Hawaii 5-0 half down, chest hair out, Hawaiian purple magic dragon t-shirt or not t-shirt but Hawaiian shirt and of course in all of his bearded glory out there uh just making all the women swoon making all the men wish he were they were him uh just an amazing Thursday night experience and it doesn't happen it doesn't happen on national tv anymore it doesn't happen on Thursdays anymore it doesn't happen when you were a road team on Thursdays but somehow the Miami Dolphins overcame all that and gave all Dolph fans everywhere citizens of Perfectville everywhere something to write home about
2: Yeah, it was beautiful. It was a thing thing of beauty. Um, And I'm going to be completely honest with you. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the sexiest man in the
1: NFL. I would date him. mm
2: -hmm. Yep. You said men wanted to be him. I wanted to be with him. I want to be on his arm.
1: I want to be his wife. You want to know something that's crazy about this here, Chris, is that I actually looked into how to buy that shirt because I wanted that shirt. I mm want to be Ryan Fitzpatrick for Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Eve. Uh, That shirt is sold out he sold that shirt out the very next day that shirt is out of production and they sold it out everywhere i looked i tried i tried to be ryan fitzpatrick and they wouldn't let me the internet wouldn't let me so that's the power of fitzmagic when he is on he is on and he's even out selling shirts for you know banana republic or whoever it is that made <laughs> that shirt i hope it was like panama jack or something was the last time you heard of that but i like, never seriously. have i don't even know what yeah. that is <laughs>
2: So that that's banana like, Bis- it might as well be biscuitville.
1: Let's get Phil. What a no callback there that is a callback.
2: Um, that's a great callback. Uh, so Sam, yes, yeah, seriously, uh, he, he's that company. Needs to reach out to him for advertising and just like put him on every uh, goddamn magazine cover that they have. That they have one or on the cover of their website. Just make him the model of banana boat, banana republic, whatever it is. And S- Sam, speaking of that and advertising, I noticed your shirt. Yes, and I and I noticed your your mustache. We beat Gardner Minshew. The mustache lost beard trumped mustache. So you should sh- shit. I would shave it on air. That'd be fun. We're video now.
1: If you look at this, I'm really up close and personal for all of you watching on video. Which, by the <laughs> which, by the way, I should probably talk into the microphone if I'm going <laughs> to be a professional. But if you look up real close, you'll see that I am still rocking Minshew Mania here. But I do have my manscaped lawnmower hey. 3.0. Fully charged. You can hear it right there on air. I've got this thing on. And Chris, I would take you up on your offer to shave this disgusting mustache off my face right here live on PerfectVille, part of the Fanatics Network. But the problem is, I actually used my lawnmower Mower 3.0 on my balls last night. And I have not washed this. I have not sterilized this. And my balls are gross. They're much better now that I've used Manscaped on them. But... I don't think I should be using this on air on my face. That's gross. That's like a cross-pollination of a bumblebee and a hornet. You don't want to make that magic happen. Uh, Although some people out there would probably like to see me do it. I'm not going to do it, but I appreciate uh, Manscaped for all the cool swag, the t-shirt, the Lawnmower 3.0, the newspaper, like you alluded to on the last episode of Perfectville. Everything they have going on is just amazing. So Manscaped, great product. Go get it today.
2: Yeah, don't shit where you eat, right? Uh, But to be honest, Minshew and... Of course, Fitzpatrick, they do it. You're a coward.
1: I am a coward. But you know what? I am not as cool as Gardner Minshew. I'm certainly not as cool as Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I wanted to ask you this question, Chris. We take the good, we take the bad, like we've talked about with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is he the most popular quarterback in Miami Dolphins history since Dan Marino? I can't think of another guy who can go out and throw pick sixes, throw interceptions, you know, fumble, and lose games, and everyone still just goes – that's our guy but he somehow has that sort of formula where he just can't do any wrong especially here with the Miami Dolphins is he the most popular quarterback since Dan Marino when thinking about this when I saw it on the show
2: sheet I was like no way like Tannehill was like really liked but then I thought about it, the way you worded it you said most loved mm-hmm. um most loved and I think Ryan Tannehill is the most polarizing. You know, he was just, he, he could do no wrong on one side. And then he was just blamed for everything on the other. It was literally like Republicans and Democrats. It was just, once you, you know, went on that one side, no matter what he did, if it looked good, eh, it's because he caught a lot of good balls. The receivers bailed him out. Those excuses most loved. Um, Yeah. Since Marino, like yeah, absolutely. Um, Jay Fiedler had some, loved moments pennington had some loved moments he took us to the playoffs i'd say pennington's probably number two um, behind fitzpatrick Uh, but absolutely you go on you go on social media you go on the national media you go on um other teams players and the other team's fans love this guy like everybody does like he came out in tampa with that fucking swag, with the, again, the chest hair, you know, the necklace, the sunglasses inside, chewing gum aggressively with an open mouth, which is can only be pulled off by somebody as fucking sweet as that because if any nerd tries to do it, you're like, close your mouth, asshole. But him, you're like, yeah, he fucking makes chewing gum look cool. And uh, who does that? Ryan Fitzpatrick does that. He has Fitz Magic as a nickname. Sam, he is absolutely the most loved quarterback since Dan
1: Marino. I think you're right. And the only ones that can give him any run for his money, I think, are Chad Pennington or is Chad Pennington because he did take us to the playoffs and because of how Chad Pennington was excommunicated by the New York Jets for Brett Favre and then coming back and beating them at the end of the season to get to the playoffs uh, was just an amazing storyline for the Miami Dolphins everywhere. And Chad Pennington was uh, really the last guy that I think was universally loved up until his arm fell off the next season. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had a lot of great small moments, has maybe the most talented quarterback since Dan Marino for the Dolphins. Dolphins, dare I say. Uh, but you're right, very polarizing, and uh, he could do no right or he could do no wrong. Now that he's gone to Tennessee, he can't do any wrong, apparently. Uh, just undefeated and killing teams, one of the highest rated quarterbacks since he actually came uh, in, in relief of Marcus Mariota last season. Uh, hats off to uh, Ryan Tannehill. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, everyone loves Tua. Everyone's ready for Tua. Ryan Fitzpatrick is ready for Tua whenever that day happens. But he keeps playing the way he's playing. He keeps being that leader and that dude for the Miami Dolphins. That day's going to happen later and later and later. I thought Tua would play Thursday night against Jacksonville. I was dead wrong. I was right about everything else, but I was dead wrong about that. Uh, but that's, I'm okay with being wrong on that because Ryan Fitzpatrick is the man and everyone loves him. Look, he came out this week. Chris, this week, this very week after beating Jacksonville Jaguars and losing to Buffalo Bills the week before, and somebody asked him what his favorite football town was, and he said, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm not going to lie. Buffalo's my favorite football town. That's the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins saying that the <laughs> biggest rival, Buffalo Bills, is his favorite, quarter, or favorite football town, and I ain't even mad about it. I don't care. I'm like, just keep growing your facial hair. Keep wearing those fucking crazy outfits and start throwing touchdown bombs to Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Mike Isiki. And I am totally fine with you talking about how New England, New York, and Buffalo are amazing. I don't care. He can't do any wrong with me for some reason. And I'm not alone. He's just got this X factor. Sorry, Xavier, where he can't do any wrong. And it's amazing. It's amazing to see. He's just got some crazy charisma.
2: Well, and it's the charisma, but it's also the way he plays on the football field. Yeah. You watch that as a fan or even as a teammate, and he's like literally running guys over. Uh, when he scored his touchdown in the uh second half of the Jacksonville game, the guy swarmed him. Like he didn't get to jump up and a couple guys pat his helmet, you know, said good job. Like they laid on him on the ground. Like they call Devontae Parker unk and uncle. Like Brian Fitzpatrick is like he's grandpa, he's dad. He's daddy. Like they like go in the locker and probably sit on his lap and ask him advice. Like how, how was it during world war two? Like, you know, was Vietnam really as bad as it was? What was it like? Uh, you know, like coming back from war to dad, like that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he probably has a corn cob pipe in the locker room. And uh, he's one of the most favorite guys in the locker room on the field. And he's beloved by the fans and you can't hate him for it. Like you said, And um, the way he plays just makes it impossible. Like, he'll throw a couple picks, yeah. But he also go truck the fucking safety. And then he'll get up and go, oh, and do some super seance shit. Like, that's going to make you forget about that. Like, he's crazy. And, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for you, buddy. Beer, too. That's for you. Cheers.
1: Chris Cullen is on to beer number two. And uh, as you said, you, you know, I, I can't hate Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're right. But I can hate you because you're talking about how old he is. Ryan Fitzpatrick is one month younger than I am. <laughs> <So all laughs> Compared these old to our
2: team. I, it's, it's not you. It, it's you. But, you know,
1: <laughs> you'll forget it tomorrow, old man. <laughs> well, it might be me, but I, I, I do have to take a look at this team here, Chris. And, and I think he is the straw, the straw that stirs the drink here. Um, but it wasn't just him. This was a team effort, in particular, on offense. I, I don't really think we had too many mistakes on offense. Um, the, the offensive line looks good for the third week in a row. They look very solid. And we have two rookies. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. We have two rookies. We have Austin Jackson at left tackle and big man beasts. Solomon Kinley at right guard who just likes to eat people apparently in the middle of the game Um, we have two rookies on the offensive line who are not only keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick clean but giving him time giving our running backs on some level whether it's Miles Gaskin or anybody else a little bit of a crease to go make enough effective yardage to keep everyone honest Um, I can't remember the last time that, that unit looked as well as it has. Mike Kosicki is on another planet. He's got seven touchdowns over the last nine games, which is good enough for anybody in the league, uh, let alone a Miami Dolphins you know, receiver slash tight end. And then, of course, you have Devontae Parker and the rest of those guys on the wide receiving core out there doing what they do best. Uh, but looking at this, we drafted Tua. He's going to play at some point. Uh, Noah uh drafted in the first round. He's starting for the Miami Dolphins on defense. Austin Jackson, left tackle starter, we already mentioned. Solomon Kinley, right guard tackle. Uh, those are four impact players already that we've identified after three games here, Chris. I know it's early. It's extremely early, but I'm going to make a statement slash question. Could this be the best rookie class the Miami Dolphins have ever drafted in terms of their immediate impact and possible long-term effect on this team?
2: Without looking it up and researching it, um, I can't think of a top-to-bottom class that actually has so much talent and that is uh involved so much with our team also if you think about it just the core of what we've been asking for sam and what we want that offensive line man we've been talking about that since episode one of welcome to Perfectville. and it's been different coaches it's been different players it's been different drafts it's been different free agency periods it's been different everything and it's never been fixed and here we go we draft austin jackson who by the way is making it a lot easier and nicer getting rid of Laramie Tunsil when they're 0-3 and and we have their first and second round pick still to come and he's playing his ass off so that right there that's a goddamn that's when you put in 10 bucks on the poker table and win 100 you're like I'm I'm fucking betting betting it and then I'm winning big big time if he can stay this player that we want even even we've said it before Sam if he's it's just 75 percent as good as Laramie Tunzel. We, win that, we won that trade so much. Absolutely. And then we still have their picks next year. And if you add in, you add in Tua and what he is hopefully, knock on wood. It's real wood, by the way. Dad made it. Shout out, Dad. Larry Longo, Lloyd, whatever your name is. Um, you, Tua stays healthy, Sam. You're adding this already productive team. And here we are. We, we're, we're actually showing that we have a line that can protect him and give him time to throw and keep him upright. Absolutely, I, I think this could be arguably the best uh, draft class as early as it is, and as helpful as they are in the future. Looking out, that the Miami Dolphins ever had.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look, I you know, Dan Marino is in a class by himself. That draft was probably the best draft ever, just because of who Dan Marino turned out to be. It's just a one draft pick at that point, and you're good to go. But Zach Thomas was drafted in 1996 along with Daryl Gardner. That's a pretty good draft. You get those good. two players. Uh, 1997. Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, that right there is probably the best single haul for any draft I've ever seen in terms of Sam Madison, who should be a Hall of Famer, and Jason Taylor, who is a Hall of Famer. And then 98 was Patrick Sertan. So that defense, that vaunted defense that we talk about in the early 2000s was actually built around those four players, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Patrick Sertan, and Sam Madison, that took three drafts to get those four players. Uh, We're talking about impact players that are starting since day one on the offensive line, probably the most critical piece that we have not been able to solve for the last 20 some odd years in a consistent manner. You have two solid pieces on rookie contracts that are just going to get better. I mean, Austin Jackson was like the fifth left tackle off the board in this year's draft at number 18. Overall, people had a lot of questions about him all those questions have been answered at this point. And Solomon Kinley, nobody knew who Solomon Kinley was. They thought he was Solomon Grundy from Batman, you know, the bad guy (laughs) from Batman. Nobody knew who Solomon Kinley was except for his his staff. Yeah. And that's it. And he's out there just molly whopping fools left, right and everywhere. And we have another road grader. That's our backup. That's going to be a starter at some point as well from this year's draft. I mean, it's, it's insane what they did, but their plan was to get these people to protect to a long term, And it looks like it's going to work out. And if Noah uh, can, can, can recover and lose. Learn from a very, you know, hard on-the-job lesson here early in his career. Uh, we now have another cornerback to go with Byron Jones, and Xavier Howard, that really shores up that defensive backfield. I'm excited, not just this season, not just this week, but just in general. The early returns, Chris, are nothing but positive when you look at this rookie class for the Miami Dolphins.
2: Well, and you think about the safety we got from Texas too, that started with uh, ten tackle Brandon Jones.
1: There you uh, go, uh, stupid uh, me, Brandon Jones. My apologies, Brandon I, I, Jones. Ten
2: tackles week one. He's starting in Brian Flores' defense as a goddamn rookie. I mean, you got, you're got you talking about an unbe- unbelievable uh, task to, to do. And then I'm going to sprinkle in two names, too, that have yet to really do much for us but could be sleepers that I will count as this draft. Of course, one is Malcolm Perry, who's mm. been inactive and is a little surprise for folks, but maybe he's just still learning the intricacies of the game. you got to think about it. He was a quarterback in a wing T offense, like learning how to actually – you know learn zone defenses of the nfl and stuff it was a whole different ball game um and then a guy named um uh, bowden that we traded for lynn bowden jr uh, lynn, yes lynn bowden jr because he's been active uh one game and i saw him on the field wearing albert wilson's 15 looked pretty good that threw me
1: uh, off i was like what yeah. the heck is albert
2: wilson doing out there but it was lynn bowden jr yeah <laughs> yeah wilson came back and he grew dreads that's weird <laughs> <laughs> what does he be doing in quarantine but uh he, if you look at his highlights at kentucky this kid could fly He he's unbelievable so considering we traded a draft pick uh, next year for him, uh, the pick we got for Rayquan McMillan, but he was a 2020 draft pick. I'm going to count him too. If those guys hit even one of the two hit with everything else we already talked about, hell yeah.
1: And of course, yeah, you're absolutely right. I forgot about them. Stupid me. Shout out to those guys as well. And of course, the one rookie that has been a starter as well and has made a huge impact, probably the reason why we won that game, um, that would be, of course, Mr. Blake Ferguson, long snapper. Uh, By the way, shout out to Tabor Pepper, our good friend Tabor Pepper, just signed with the San Francisco 49ers there, Chris. So uh, I reached out to Tabor and said congratulations on your new gig as a long snapper for the San Francisco 49ers. And I said, you know, if you could just do us a favor and maybe just loft one over the punter's head next week when we play them in week five. We're going to talk all about that game next week on Perfect Bill. We're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks and Miami Dolphins tilt later on in this show. Just putting a pin in this Jacksonville Jaguars win that we had here, Chris. The Miami Dolphins are averaging a little over 23 points per game through three games. That is much better than where we were last year, where I think through five games we scored a total of 23 points. Um, but I really think this team has to be above 25 points a game in order to have, you know, really a chance in most of these games. And part of that is because the defense isn't quite ready for prime time the offense looks like it's good it looks like it's going to um, be a threat week in and week out but what are your thoughts on the defense yes we only gave up 13 points to Jacksonville but there were some opportunities for Jacksonville to put more points on the board and they didn't do it so what are your thoughts right now through three weeks when it comes to the Miami Dolphins defense
2: A lot of growing pains from new guys playing together, uh, young guys as well. Uh, Everybody said before the season started that COVID's going to – you said it too, especially um, this season's going to bode well in early beginnings for teams that are uh, very veteran-heavy, that have played together, that have practiced together, that maybe wouldn't have benefited as much from a preseason, uh, from more practices, things like that, less Zoom meetings. Uh, A young team as ours, like you said, we're the second youngest team in the NFL, uh, which came out and just walloped the, n- the number one youngest team, which honestly probably uh, if we
1: don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick, we're number it's one. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah, actually after week two, just to put it in perspective, there was like a roster change for Miami and uh, Jacksonville between week one and week two, and Miami became technically the youngest team with, the, with their roster, and then it went back to Jacksonville for week three. So, yes, <laughs> if Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't there, uh, the Miami Dolphins by far have the youngest roster in uh, all of the NFL.
0: Yeah.
2: So if we like cut an infant right now, we'd probably be number one youngest team. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, really, yeah. So like there's going to be growing pains. They have for, no pre- for all the
1: sponsors out there, he meant wave, <laughs> you know, like release them from a contract, not actually cutting babies, just for the record. And you wouldn't cut a baby if you had Manscaped because there's no nicks. There's no cutting. There's nothing whatsoever. Shout out to Manscaped. <laughs> Sorry. I can't even. I
2: can't even talk because I'm just picturing Chris Greer with a samurai sword, and they have like an infant in air, like a White Walker or
1: something. Oh man. Uh, Like, uh, what is it, Fruit Ninja? They're just throwing babies <laughs> up and making sure that they're cutting the right baby.
2: We just yeah. turned the show from, like, PG-13 to straight-on Deadpool NC-17. Like, this is bad. Um, reverting back, though. <laughs> we, we're we a young team, and we didn't get to take advantage of any kind of a preseason. We didn't get to take advantage of any kind of practice time uh, where guys are really getting out there and getting looks. Um, a lot of things, like, there's a broken play that, God, Gardner-Minchy thing – God, he missed that throw. Uh, that Noah eye just seemed to like completely get caught looking at in the backfield, and the guy goes uh, uh, past him deep. And all of a sudden, you know, um, the guy's wide open, and, and Gardner misses him. Thank goodness. Uh, but those kind of things usually happen in a preseason game. They get cleaned up, and it doesn't happen in the regular season. So I'll give them a pass. They're young. They're so they're so uh, gelling together with guys like Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. But the best thing about our defense, it's going this way. It's going up. It's going up. Yeah, we're getting better uh, as as the games progress. I think the games are going to slow down for the young guys. They're going to get more comfortable and communicate better. And uh, I think we're going to get better. I really do.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, I think at the end of this, you know, all that trash talking that a lot of people are doing about this defense are going to have to owe some people an apology on this defense because you're right. I mean, right now, these first four games, it's kind of like our preseason. They're going to learn. They're going to work these kinks out. Uh, we saw a little bit more of, of, of strategic blitzing in this game in, in, in week three than we have so far in week one and week yes. two. Uh, and I'm, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what we're going to see against teams like Seattle, like Arizona, like San Francisco, and everyone else out there on our schedule going forward. Um, but uh, you know what, Chris? Chris, before we move on, I, uh, well, actually we do need to move on. We do need to move on to something that, uh, I, I feel it's important, um, that I do. And, uh, you'd called me out prior to the show and said that you need to be a man and you need to do this. And I'd like for you to tell everybody what you called me out on and what I am now prepared to do live on this show, both television and audio radio.
2: Yeah, Sam, I think it's very important. Um, uh, men right <laughs> guys ah no emotions we're men ah we don't say sorry we don't say thank you or please we need to go and take it right we're, we're dudes we don't admit we're wrong um but i think that needs to change today that needs to change right here in perfectville podcast uh national podcast day right we're the pod fathers you said it sam we're held to a higher standard sir and i'm sorry <laughs> that's what you should be saying that's right that's Parker, right. Williams, these guys you've been shitting on, I think they listen to the show, my friend, because uh, you've really,
1: really turned on some gems on these guys, and you need to apologize. Well, and it's not just you, Chris, and you are correct. Uh, we're calling this segment, I'm Sorry. And uh, it wasn't just you. Uh, there were people on Twitter calling me out, calling me, Sam, Sam Marcoux from Perfect Bill, out saying, you need to apologize to some of these players that you've just been trashing on your show week in and week out. Now, I looked at this, Chris, and I thought I was motivating these guys. They weren't playing well. And then I said some shit and all of a sudden they're playing well. But other people don't feel that way. And you know what? I have to be a man, like you said, and uh, accept the fact that I might have been possibly a little bit mistaken with some of my takes in recent weeks here on Perfect Build. So I'm not gonna apologize to all these players because they all have not deserved it. But I am going to start with one. Because every journey starts with a single step here, Chris. So this one is an apology letter to Devante Parker. And I wrote this out in pencil with my hands. Not typing, not texting, not voice to text. I wrote this, Chris. So I'm going to read it right now. Dear Devante Parker, I am writing you today to say that I am sorry. A few weeks ago on this very show, Welcome to Perfectville, I mistakenly called you soft. I'd had a lot to drink that day, and additionally, my dog had broken up with me. I love that dog. Golden Retriever. Anyway, I was distraught. The combination of sadness and drinking made me irrational, and I mistakenly mistook you for that soft Charmin teammate of yours, Preston Williams. Yes, I think the, board, the vision was blurred, and I thought that number 11 was number 18. I guess that's what happened. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, I'm a big fan. I am. I'm a huge fan. I can't even tell you how often I find myself defending your honor off air when Chris Cullen trashes you and verbally attacks you over and over and over again. Anyway, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for Chris. Hope you can come on the show soon. Love. Sam from Perfectville. How dare you? Well, there you go, Chris. I did it. I feel good. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I feel like a bush has been shaved off my balls thanks to Manscaped. You were right. That was cathartic. I'm really glad I did that. You know what, Chris? You should do that. Maybe sometime in the future, you should write an apology letter to one of these players for all the bad things and nonsense that you have said about them. What do you think about that?
2: I apologize to the fans of Perfectville that they've had to watch this whole episode and you still have that goddamn mustache. (laughs)
1: Well, there you You have it. I've made a man. You know when people
2: shovel? You know when people shovel? They go like this. They shovel. And, like, if you walk behind them, that dirt and shit goes on that person. You just did that to me. Devontae, hey, buddy. Number 11, Unc. Been a fan the whole time. Don't listen to this guy. He's a liar.
0: I don't
1: don't know, uh, Uncle Devontae Parker. I'm pretty sure he considers you a distant cousin whenever you – play but that's for us to figure out later there Chris the point is I have apologized I have made amends for my bad mistake when it comes to Devontae Parker Devontae Parker is not soft Devontae Parker actually since I said that has come out and said yes I have a hamstring injury Chris but I am not missing any games that's what he said he literally came out and said I don't give a shit how injured I am I'm not losing or missing any time which quite frankly is the hardest thing you could possibly do because he's out there limping. you could tell he's not the guy that he you know normally is at 100% but He is grinding through it and he's getting 50 yards every single game on average over like the last 20 games straight. So uh I take it back. I was wrong. Devontae Parker, hard as a rock.
2: Parker's that famous uh Greg Jennings uh Madden clip on YouTube where he like literally breaks his leg in the middle of the play and puts the team on his back, bro. That is what Devontae Parker is right now. He's our Greg Jennings. So uh, yeah, you better apologize to that man. You call him soft the sharman again, he'll be wiping the floor with you.
1: He'll be wiping his ass with his toilet paper of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I feel bad at sometimes. Like he's out there hurting, and I wonder if like he hears this, like the nonsense that I've been saying, and he's just like, I want to come out. I need to come out. My leg is killing me. Flores oh. is like, Hey,
2: hey Parker, good, relax. We're, we're winning by a lot. No, fuck, Sam Marqu. I'm going yeah. on the
1: field. Put me in, coach. And he's just buckling up, like he just like has to go in there to prove you wrong. I hope that is happening. That would be awesome if I was actually, you know, basically in the game with him. And I would. I would be like his spotter. Like, come on, you. Come on. Let's do this, Devontae. Let's get in the touchdown end zone with your number one and number one, number 11 touchdown. That's right, baby. Those are uprights. That's not a number 11 on Devontae Parker's chest and back. Those are uprights for all the touchdowns he's going to get come week four. Against the Seattle Seahawks, which we're going to get into, Chris. We're going to talk about all things Seattle, all things Miami. How can Miami possibly win this game? What can we do? What can we expose when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks defense? We're going to do that right after these words. It's that time, Dolph fans, citizens of Perfectville. Winning season returns at my bookie. What is winning season, you ask? Well, winning season means doubling your first deposit, winning season means insane props epic bonuses and the craziest cross sport wagers around that's right cross sport wagers, citizens at my bookie winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long rejoice the nfl has returned that means action-packed sundays and huge cash prizes that's right cash prizes get in on the action use promo code perfectville and double your first deposit New players get up to $1,000 in free play. That's right. A design to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code PERFETFILL and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie.
0: Right at this moment, there are men everywhere doing manly things. Beards unkempt hair run amok leaving them in a state of hair despair and that's just what we can see never mind what's going on downstairs but it doesn't have to be that way thanks to our friends at manscaped go to manscaped.com and enter our promo code fins to save an instant 20 percent get free shipping and help quell the hair despair in your life these bearded bros are counting on you won't you help them?
1: And And we're back. I hope you're back. Hopefully, you're running to your headphones right now, putting them in, and listening to the back half of "Welcome to Perfectville." Now, part of the Fanatics Network. You can watch us on iTunes. You can watch us on Spotify. You can see. Well, you can't watch us on iTunes, but you can actually listen to us when it gets to Apple Podcasts. But you can actually watch us here on YouTube as part of the Fanatics Network. Chris Collin, Sam Marku. We talked about the Jacksonville game, Chris. We talked about those awful things I said about Devontae Parker and how I take them all back. But now we need to talk about Week Four. That's right, Week Four, and. It's the Miami Dolphins at home again, not leaving the state of Florida anytime soon. Uh, But they're up against a very, very tough opponent here, Chris. And they're up against another mobile, hard-throwing, just fantastic quarterback. And, of course, I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, quite possibly, arguably, the best quarterback in the league. I think Patrick Mahomes may have something to say about that. But if he's not number one, he is number two. Uh, What are your thoughts? How does the Miami Dolphins – overcome or how do the miami dolphins overcome russell wilson and the seattle seahawks so let's start on defense here chris how does the miami dolphins attack this seattle defense (laughs) oh man easy right
2: yeah that's a good one uh how do you do what no one can do in the nfl chris Have at it you got the green light um he's been amazing he's been unbelievable uh watching seattle play the cowboys and uh Uh, Just what he's able to do. Tyler Lockett is unbelievable. Like, he's just ridiculous and small and fast. and catches everything. Um, Sam, we were just talking last segment about how young our defense is and untested we are, and it shows based on uh, the the games against Josh Allen and Cam Newton. Sam, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, if I was defending Russell Wilson as a defensive coordinator right now for this week, um, preparing for him, it's all about – getting to him you have to get to him you have to show him looks and coverages that he uh that might confuse him uh you cannot give him time in the pocket you have to absolutely contain because when he is at his best is when a play breaks down and he goes to the outside and he's throwing that thing deep he's finding somebody that beat coverage he's finding dk metcalf he's finding tyler lockett and uh even like a guy like greg olson was like his safety Uh, net at the end of that game there where where they went on a drive. So um, the only saving grace I can think of is that they've been in shootouts every few weeks. So there's uh, something on their defense that I'm sure you're going to get into here. But uh, defensively for us, it's if you have any opportunity to get a turnover, you got to, you can't drop a pick. You can't let a fumble roll out of bounds. You have to take every opportunity possible and you have to keep Russell Wilson hashtag let Russ cook. I saw the cool thing on that today. He's a little chef in the kitchen. He is. He does nothing wrong. Um, You keep him off the field. Keep him off the goddamn field. If he's on the field, he's going to beat you. You keep him on the sideline wearing a cool Titleist hat, he can't hurt you. You keep him off the field.
1: And, Sam, you're going to probably explain how we do that. Well, you're absolutely right. And I actually, if you haven't checked it out already, check out the latest episode of the strip sack. That is our comic strip here that we've developed. And there are some things that Russell Wilson does do wrong in the kitchen, like perhaps maybe try to throw a towel to his wife as opposed to hand it to her when he's three feet away from her and possibly getting intercepted of that kitchen towel by Malcolm Butler, who happens to be everywhere Russell Wilson tries to throw the ball or a kitchen towel. But that aside, uh, the best offense or the best defense here is going to be offense. That's it. That's you. I think you nailed it. The only way the Miami Dolphins stop Russell Wilson is, well, there's two ways. Number one, which we're going to talk about, is to keep him off the field, right? Don't let him have the ball. And number two is if somehow, some way, because they are flying from Seattle to Miami it is the longest flight in the NFL and it is an early game and it is going to be hot and sweltering and we're going to be in our all whites I hope we paint the locker room pink I hope we do all of these things every dirty-handed tactic we possibly can to beat them and if none of that works I hope and pray that Russell Wilson somehow misses the team flight. That's how we're going to be guys is that Russell Wilson cannot play. Maybe he gets confused with Chris Carson and he goes to the hospital and Chris Carson tries to play, you know, quarterback after that cheap hit. I don't know, but here's what I think we can do. The only realistic shot that we have here is to go into shootout mode. You need to, Basically, tell Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's Sandlot football time, baby. You got Devontae Parker over here, you got Preston Williams over here. We're going to make sure Jakeem Grant is on the sideline so he can't fuck anything up. And you got Mike Kosicki in the middle. Go deep. Go often. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Because the Seattle Seahawks have given up more yards through three games this season than any other defense in the history, the history of the NFL. Now, That seems hard to imagine because Seattle's known for the legion of boom and everything that they're doing, but they're not good defending the pass. Well, guess what Miami is good at? Throwing the damn ball. That's our best offense right there is we're just going to have to embrace it. Our strength counters their weakness, and we're going to have to just expose it as often and early as we can. The problem with that, Chris, the problem I see with that is when you're throwing the ball all the time, you're not doing ball control. Right, you're, It's quick strike offense. You're getting high scores. You're giving them the opportunity. You're giving Russell Wilson the opportunity to counter whatever it is you do. And if you don't play perfectly, then all of a sudden it snowballs out of, out of control here. So somehow, some way, we're going to have to play ball control pass offense. And I don't know what that means because I really don't. <laughs> But that's the only way, is that we have to attack them early because they haven't proven that they can stop it yet. And that's what we're good at, is throwing the ball down the field. So I think that's what we're going to have to do and take our chances. But that's really the only thing I see, the only crack, the only chink in the armor of the Seattle Seahawks is their pass
2: defense. Yeah, Dak Prescott put over 400 yards passing on these guys. Um, I don't know how much of this we're going to (laughs) see from our guys. But
1: uh, for those that are just listening, he's got a Dolphins defense uh, sign right there. So you're missing all of this wonderful content if you're not watching us on YouTube right now. Yeah, absolutely. You're missing out.
2: And now I can't decorate with one hand. Here we go. All right. We're back at it, back in the saddle. Uh, listen here. Yeah. It's going to be a shootout, Sam. It's going to be, that's going to be the only way we win this game. We're not going to not give up points to Russell Wilson and Seattle's offense. So we're going to have to score two. And when we score, we're going to have to score touchdowns, not field goals. Yep. Three points doesn't beat Seattle. The only saving grace we have, you mentioned it, they're traveling uh, from the West coast to the East coast. They're basically playing at 10 AM for them. And uh, it's going to be hot. And they're going to be in dark uniforms and, that's about it there's rain in the forecast maybe that'll help um yeah maybe poseidon will throw a tsunami on the field and make a slushy and they have to run and chris carson's out that's the saving grace uh but enough ridiculous predictions sam russell wilson's been incredible this season he's been unreal in these first three games um and then uh, honestly we're mentioning them flying across the country and how much of an advantage that that is i think they're 10 and oh their last (laughs) 10 east coast games even counting playoffs (laughs) So, um, based on what I saw, so there's uh, there's little hope.
1: <laughs> it's you know, aren't the Rockies in the baseball playoffs as well? Wasn't Russell Wilson drafted by the Rockies? Can he go pitch a game for on Sunday for the Rockies or something instead of show up for Seattle? They'll be fine without you. They've got you know Warren Moon somewhere running around there for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this is going to be a tough one here, Chris. I, uh, I I hesitate. I hesitate to ask for your prediction. However, I do want. There's another kernel of hope here. My daughter, my beautiful seven year old daughter, who predicted week three Jacksonville Miami score of 31 to 10. She almost nailed it, Chris. Uh, In fact, after that game, I had people call me going, Hey, uh, who's your daughter like for the Niner game and the Raider game? I'm like, Are you (laughs) taking gambling advice from a seven year old? It's just as good as anybody else. With the fart gun. She actually predicted here, Chris, week four, if you haven't seen it already, she predicted a Miami Dolphins victory against the Seattle Seahawks. And it's a 20 to 10 defensive showdown, according to my daughter. So I don't know. She might be onto something or she might have just lucked her way into something because that sounds like a stupid prediction, if you ask me. But that's what she has. And we'll see how she does. What is your prediction for this game? Seattle traveling to Miami to play the Miami Dolphins at home.
2: If we give up 10 or less points to the Seattle Seahawks, I'll eat the flag behind you. <laughs> the entire thing. Like, I just fold it up, eat it. Not the perfect one. That's too good. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins one. That's, that's being eaten, consumed completely if we give up 10 or less points. But who am I to argue with you know, She's been fantastic, so I, I don't know. Um, my prediction. Um, I, I'm looking right now, Sam, and, and I'll take a picture of this and tweet it so there's some context, but I'm looking at a list of all of our Hall of Fame inductees. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to actually take Two numbers from that list Uh-oh. and put them together, and that's going to be my score. That's actually good. That's, good. that's off the cusp. Uh, so I'm looking at my golden, sweet golden tea set uh, across the room there, all the way over. Um, and of our Hall of Fame, we got, we got Jason Taylor, we got Dan Marino, we got Bonacati, uh, we've got uh, um, Little, Greasy, Zonka, Warfield. Oh, Sam, I got it. Hmm. <sighs> Look, I'm normally uh, i I'm, I'm very, very normally a uh, suspicious guy. I like suspicions. Right. Um, I believe in them. I trust in them. I, I touch a fucking sign when I come into my main cave because I have to do it um, or else we'll lose. Uh, and I picked us to lose last week and we won. So I'm sitting here now and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick us to lose. So that way I can't say it was me. No, wrong. I'm picking us to win. I am going Miami Dolphins, Paul Warfield, 42. Wow. To Larry Zonka, 39.
1: 39. To
2: beat the Seattle Seahawks. And I swear to God, if this comes true, they better give me a fucking honorary jacket because that is incredible. It's
1: happening. 42-39. The superstitious... Christopher Cullen going with what he sees in front of him, which is a 42 Paul Warfield against a 39 Larry Zonka in favor of your Miami Dolphins. If it's a 42-39 shutout, that's going to be a fun game for everybody to watch Hell uh, yeah. come Sunday. I- I'm not as optimistic as you. I actually picked us to win against Jacksonville, but I think I said it was going to be a field goal fest of 18-12. to 12. It was not that. It was anything but that. Um, but Seattle is just on another level, man. Russell Wilson is just... Somehow still undervalued and underrated. And I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, we're sitting here, you know, sucking his asshole the entire time on this show. And we're not even a Seattle Seahawks podcast, but that's how good this man is. And he makes people like Tyler Lockett pretend to be good. Like Tyler Lockett's not good. Tyler Lockett should be basically selling me shoes at a Payless Shoe Source right now. But he's got <laughs> oh Russell God. Wilson throwing him the ball, and all of a sudden he looks like a freaking Hall of Famer. Uh, that's how good Russell Wilson is. So short of Russell Wilson getting injured, which I am not wishing on, I don't want anything like that to happen. We we limit ourselves to cutting babies in half, ladies and gentlemen. We don't want professional. We have standards. Athletes. Yes, we have standards here. Welcome to Perfectville. <laughs> But short of Russell Wilson getting hurt or somehow getting suspended or getting a tangle in his beautiful curly locks before the game and not being able to perform, I don't see how Miami pulls this out. We aren't going to have Byron Jones. Xavier Howard is still hobbled. Noah Higgins still is trying to figure out how to play cornerback in this league. We are, In a prime spot to be waxed when it comes to Russell Wilson running the ball, Russell Wilson throwing the ball, and the Seattle Seahawks walking out of Miami, victors once again. Uh, I I see this just going the other way. I think we're going to somehow, somehow in the third quarter make this more of a game than it probably should be, and maybe we'll have a late score late to – a late score late. There you go. uh, To maybe close that gap a little bit. But I see this going 45-28, Seattle Seahawks over – your Miami Dolphins, 45-28, Chris. That's what I see.
2: You don't even have the uh, respect to use a Hall of Famer's number. You could at least went like Dwight Stevenson and Dan Marino, 57-13. to <laughs> I mean, I could have gone
1: the other way and said Seattle's going to win 99-13, to so we <laughs> have Jason Mayer <Taylor laughs> against Dan Marino if you really want my real true feelings about this game. Uh, but you know what? Even if you lose to Seattle, this is the thing. I, I keep reminding myself that this is year two of probably a three- to four-year plan. We have one of the most difficult schedules as it pertains to quarterbacks and teams this season. But if you look at after this game, you've got the 49ers who are – hurting and then you've got again the Jets twice who may have a new head coach by the time we face them later on in the season there is hope here the Miami Dolphins are actually doing much better than I think people uh, are even giving them credit for so even though we're one and two and we're possibly going to go to one and three we're losing to New England Patriots who have only lost to one team and that's the Seattle Seahawks the Buffalo Bills who have not lost at all thanks to the refs and of course the Seattle Seahawks and guess what we kept the game close with Buffalo and we were closer to New England than we've ever been before Those two things combined with our beating the crap out of Jacksonville Jaguars leads me to believe that we're on the right track here. Even if we aren't going to win this game, it's not the end of the world, even if we go one and three here, ladies and gentlemen. Are we going to make the playoffs? Probably not. But losing to Seattle, there's no shame in our game if we keep this close and respectable.
2: Oh, absolutely. I can't agree with you more. Like um, Going into the season, we knew we still have this is year two of really a three-year – uh, kind of project next year. We still have two first round picks and two second round picks. So, um, and and then of course more cap space for free agents. So it's just that culture you're building. you're, You're getting these guys to buy in. You're, um, wanting guys to understand that we're on the right track. Fans understand we're on the right track. Chris Greer, obviously, based on our last conversation about our, first, our, our our draft picks, is doing what he needs to do and doing it well. So, yeah, it, this is not the thing where we're supposed to win 11 games this year, and it's going to be disappointing if we lose to the goddamn Seattle the Seahawks. Um, and Buffalo is just playing out of their fucking mind right now, and literally we lost by three points, and we were leading in the fourth. So there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Uh, we were expecting the Jacksonville game us to probably play like Jacksonville. And we actually played like we expected before the season. Uh, And that's good. That means Flores had them on a short week, uh, national TV game uh, on the road and with fans in the crowd. And we came out and just played like, you haven't seen yet this season so that means we're projecting the right way it's all about that this episode uh we're trending up and that's what you want for this young team that's why you want from brian flores and that's what you like to see from chris greer and Stephen ross and uh honestly if we we're even competitive against seattle um honestly like really I, I know i picked us to win but if we're competitive and in, in this game and it's we got some bright spots and even if we can scare them a little bit Um, that's going to be a hell of a takeaway. And then going into an injury-riddled 49ers team and then an injury-riddled Denver
1: Broncos team, uh, we have plenty of opportunities there to sneak some wins on, on the board. Absolutely. It wouldn't surprise me if we were three and three after six weeks of play here, because the Miami Dolphins look like they're ready to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat and compete with the teams that are supposed to beat them. And right now, that's exactly where we're supposed to be. Uh, Speaking of teams that are one and two and on the rise here, Chris, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the okayest fantasy league ever, because finally, redemption has reared its beautiful, beautiful head here, Chris. I win. I've been scoring like crazy, but not winning. But I finally dropped 190 points in fantasy this week here, Chris. And I finally came out the victor. Highest score of the season so far this year. Give it up for one in the pink, two in the stink. I'm now one and two. And you, yourself, held on. Eh just at the oh, end there oh, and was it close. are now three and zero in the okayest fantasy league ever uh what's race have to say about that bitch yeah motherfucker we're both victorious on perfectville and
2: i did hang on i, I, I had uh, baltimore's defense uh, of all, of all, yeah and uh i i spoke too soon and that's where i was there again sus- um uh sus- Superstitious, uh, easy for me to say. Um, in in the chat, where I came out and said three and O boys, and someone's like, you know, Baltimore can get negative points, right? And I'm like, oh shit, they really can. I was only up like nine, I think. And um, you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh man. And thank God they had a kickoff return for a touchdown. I think that saved me. Maybe me feel a little bit easier that Monday night game. Uh, but yeah, close one. But three and O baby. And Sam, breaking news. Actually, it's like perfect. This happened. I'm about to shut down a trade live on the show that just literally came through my phone vibrated i just got a trade and uh this is this is fantastic uh michael scott paper company which is amazing fantasy name by the way fantastic um because that's not even the you know dunder mifflin that's the one that michael started and it was like downstairs it's the a deep boat. cut it's a it's yeah. a deep cut for sure fantastic um sam <laughs> he wants alvin Kamara.
1: Okay, Is this this Cody? This is Cody's team, right?
2: He wants Alvin Kamara, who just got me 44 points in one week, in the first week, 44 points, Sam. Um, And here's the proposal, okay? Rookie used three times a game J.K. Dobbins, who I I like. I think he's good. Um, But he's projected to get me uh, a kicker's 6.6 points this week if I were to accept that trade um always injured and never as good as he's supposed to be joe mixon Ah. the Bengals, who respectable 16 points projected um against jacksonville of all teams so that's probably why that's inflated and then a receiver that like could be on any team darius slayton who i could probably signed on the waiver wire yesterday and he just signed to kind of add some meat to that um for alvin Kamara, sam perfectville Michael Scott's paper company.
1: No, <laughs>
2: That's, <laughs> yes. decline. That's done.
1: I That's mean, not happening. His name is Chris Cullen, not Bill O'Brien, ladies and gentlemen. He's not <laughs> making. What the fuck that do you think trade? I am? <laughs> Yeah, I mean... The uh, nose ring. Jesus Christ, it's not happening. No, that's not going to happen. And uh, you know what? Uh, You you hang on to that guy. And you're absolutely right about uh, the negative points here with the Baltimore defense. Not to make this into a fantasy show, but I was watching that game. The Baltimore defense only got one point positive in terms of fantasy football. And they actually had a kick return for a touchdown. So that's how bad that defense was. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. So stay tuned, Miami Dolphins, because we have him coming up later this season. But we'll deal with that another time. we got to figure out how to beat Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. That's what this is all about right here. That's what this show's about. That's what this whole entire thing is about, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's almost time for us to go because i got to go take off my Dolphins hat and go put on a Lakers hat. you got to go put on a Miami Heat hat there, Chris. Good luck to your team, but not too much luck. Uh, Hopefully this doesn't end our friendship and just sever the town of Perfectville into East and West. I would hate for that to happen. We have separate podcasts and everything else going on. Uh, We'll get through it one way or the other. Let's just promise to be best friends forever. Even when the Lakers win, can we, uh, can we, can we promise that?
2: Sure. i make a promise that uh, I don't even have to worry about trying to keep. Absolutely. (laughs) Heat and six bitch.
1: Well, uh, wow, just throwing the pitch out there at the end. I, uh, that, that was hurtful. You're Show's to, over. It's, it's basketball time now, man. You're going to have to rival. write me an apology letter. I want an <laughs> apology letter in two weeks. for the bitch comment. <laughs> That's what I want. Uh, but until then, and until next week when we meet again, uh, check out everything on social media, Twitter. Make sure you follow the Miami Dolphins this week. They're going to have some fun stuff. Something tells me Ooh. they're going to have some fun stuff coming out on Friday. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. And until then, goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later.